deep dive on a Monday time. I think it's Monday, isn't it? Uh, it's been a long weekend worth of racing, plenty going on. Queensland's the feature carnival at the moment, along with Adelaide, so we'll spend a bit of time deep diving into both of those venues. We've got a bit of everything to get through, but Shane Kelly, we'll start in Queensland at Eagle Farm because you're dominant once again, carrying the rest of the team this weekend and the last couple of weeks. Do you have uh, any moments of self-praise you'd like to heap upon yourself while you have the chance? Look, we're trying to make it short and sweet, so I'll, um, I won't go through all of them. But I think a sign, I think a sign is that you're seeing them as good as you can is the bets you don't have, and they go over. Um, yeah. Geez, I steered, I steered. Like I, I did mention a few horses, you know, on the voice updates that did win, like Nick and Over, for example. Um, you know, was the best blowout chance, but sort of thought for Seeker and for Trekking were the two best winning hopes. But didn't want to come into either of them at a price. Um, felt good about that. Um, steered away from sort of the Fender Garibaldi race at the price. Now, obviously, they've run the Quinella, but, um, uh, you know, just things, small things like that. You know, throughout the day, there's a few bets I could have had that I steered away from and I felt pretty good because they got beat. So, um, yeah, that's the self-praise part of the review. Okay. Um I'll tell you, he won't be getting any praise from me, and he won't be watching the show, so I don't need to deliver a sermon about uh, this bloke. But M. Rod, M. Rod was as big a disgraceful performance as you'll see on a racetrack over a sustained period of a whole day. Three rides that he put in on Saturday were an absolute joke. Um, like, I don't know what's going on there, whether that little bit of rain might have scared a few or something's gone wrong there, but, like, completely... Like just out the back, not interested, jogging along, and you know, and just not putting horses into the race was quite extraordinary. Um, I'll go through a couple. Yeah, like, of... is he is he half eight? Like, I think like all of us here, I'd be out the back. It's not up to us. We don't ride for a living, so um, it's like I don't know. Should they, you should know they when have been riding? Them? Yeah, they're the greediest. It's the greediest professions on earth. And there's a little bit of precipitation. It's a group two day. What do you reckon they're going to do? They're going to ride, but like a bunch of them, the like, older ones probably. Uh, like, now, if that was if that was um, if that was Wednesday, and the and the main race of the day was twenty two thousand to the winner, they're not getting out of the sheds. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. So maybe he's mentally said that to himself. I'm not getting out of the sheds because when you saw it on TV, geez, it looked hair, it looked very very hairy. Um, the track wasn't yeah. that bad, though, was it? Like, track was okay. This visibility for one race was, yeah. was was pretty bad, and unfortunately, that was that was a, a race that I bet into. And then I think after I hit the bet button and sent uh, hit the send button to the subs, um, they had two inches in twenty min- in like fifteen minutes or some bullshit. So it was horrible. Um, Did it still but, remain a good four for most of the day, Eagle Farm? Oh. Yeah, 200 mils of rain is not going to dampen it. Um, it. Seriously, it copped it really well, and I reckon it was improving yeah. again by the last two or three races. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Emerald's been a star, right? So was Boomer Harvey. Now, Boomer Harvey's gone back to play district league for Essendon or something and still kicks six a week and still dominates. Emrod has dropped back in class, you know, back to Queensland just to see out the see out his days in the sun, but he's not in the same in the same league. 
just another bum on the seat there, Sadie. He's been he's riding for the biggest stable in Queensland. He's got to be better. And I'm going to show. I'm going to illustrate a couple of. Um, we'll start with the last race, Garibaldi. I, I mentioned this horse um, on Twitter last night on the uh, punning form podium data for Saturday. This horse has run the fastest last six, four, and two. Uh, it was something else. I'm going to just uh, do me very best here with the um, share my screen for you. Here's one I prepared earlier. Live and dangerous deep diving time. <laughs> very slow tempo is what you're talking about, curls. That work? Yep. Yep. Just checking your other tabs are all okay. They <laughs> are. Uh, press play here. Oh, that's not too blurry. But you'll see, I'm going to just, just skip this along a little bit here. You'll see the horse out the back, Garibaldi, right? Last, that's okay. That's, that's regular pattern. The other horse that was in the market is Fender, who goes forward for Bowman. Is that too blurry? Can you see the horse that's last there? Yep. You can see it. Okay, so the horse is last here, right? Well-backed, well-backed favourite. Now, I don't know about you, but like if I'm, if you know, you're on this favourite, you'd expect it to have an uninterrupted run from the 600, working into the race with cover, pulling to the outside, and just getting over the top like it has for its last three runs. Uh, and this is where the errors made here, like just at the 800 metre mark, decides to go inside the horse in front of it. Now, there's only one other horse in the market. That's Fender. In the blue colours, uh, in the one-one Bowman, so you know gets the peach. Meanwhile, Emrod back in the ruck went to go inside them for for no reason. Had to had to sort of ease, wait for that one in front of him to get going. You can see there he's still second last. Now he gets clear air with the white sleeves. Um, he's the only horse like to break 12 seconds for the last furlong for the day. Understandably, it was off a slow tempo, but irrelevant because it was a moral beat, and that's all just like that's all just blokes like us that are analysts and bet for a living that you know want to tweet something cool on a Monday. Um, <laughs> do you do you think maybe a, because they're good Sydney riders up there, like the the rods of the world are trying to be a little bit better than they are? Overthink it, a bit too cute. Maybe it's just a maybe it's just like. Settle where it's easier. I don't know if you know if that makes sense. So I take the easy option. I don't know. Like that was just like brainless. I don't know how Go I don't know how Golan's going to cop that. I mean, I think Rod's um, to Rod's um, benefit right now as he rides down in the weights a little bit. Where someone like Ryan Maloney, you know, you you, you, know, you guys don't follow it as close as I do. But if you if if R. Maloney takes a horse at fifty five and a half, fifty six, there's often a, a late rider change later in the day because he can't get down in the way. So went, now with these horses up in weights, Maloney will be back on them for sure. Um, yeah, that was just one of a few examples there. Paladas was another one, just given completely none. But um, anyway, I think the ride of the day in, uh, was in race eight. Um, James Orman rode Nick and over. Probably just wanted to highlight for this race here, just basically the first, um, just the first 50 metres of the race or first 150 metres is where he won it. Uh, you watch here. Actually, they do take a while to jump here because Rod nearly falls off Vega 1 in the gates. Uh, you'll see here the red <clears> colours, <throat> white, wink, white blinkers. Orman sort of grabs hold straight away, then dives straight to the fence. See this here. 
Like, he's into the horse to take a position on the rails. Meanwhile, you've got, like, brainless rides on horses like Master Jamie and Emerald Kingdom, like, just hunting up three and four deep. Now, Master Jamie's a horse that's already got a ticket into the Stradbroke. Um, you know, like, he's had a proper gut buster there, three and four deep. you you got to wonder sometimes what these guys are doing. Orman was pretty patient. Obviously, he knew they were going hard. So once he found the rail, he's just sat back there and, and just sucked along. He sort of half got on the back of Trekking, who was really disappointing the, in the Godolphin colours there. Uh, Fasika was the other one in the market in the black colours that led. And they were the two I thought would fight it out. And at the furlong, I thought, you know, well, that's pretty well right. You know, Fasika's lead got softened up, Trekking off its back. It's going to get over the top. They pair off sort of thing, and Vega one looked like sort of making a bit of ground, but, you know, old Bossy's a group one rider only. <laughs> and then you've got Jay Orman back to the inside on Nick and Over in the white blinkers there, um, you know, with an absolute peach of a ride, and that was, yeah, probably wins anyway, maybe, if he comes around him, I don't know, but still, it was a great ride. The, this, the, the worrying part there is Panino down the outside in the blue and white um, diagonal stripes there at about a billion to one has got up to run third. Um, and, you know, beating home those other two Sydney horses. So, uh, look, it's a bit of a – it's a like, nothing's clear-cut from the day as far as going – these horses are going forward, you know, into races like the Doom and 10,000, who Nature Strip was an early favourite um, because Chris Uncle Chris announced he was going there, but now he's in the paddock, um, you know, and a few of these horses going to the Stradbroke. So, you know, Nick is the one – I'd want to follow off that. He was first up into that race. He's going forward for sure. Don't know what to make of the others, really. It's um, it's still wide open. I think we'll see some fresh horses on the scene in the next couple of weeks. Well, Mark Roden, Fasika's run basically the exact same figure as it ran first up when winning in Sydney. Uh, it's 8.6 versus 8.3. So what do you do with a horse like that going forward? Is that almost like, do you believe in a flat run second up as such? Or do you think it's just building a platform for something better? Yeah, it'd be a bit forgiving considering how she was taken on there. Um, I think that Saturday's figure on PF might be inflated a bit just by the fast pace of the race. Yep. Compared to the Sydney run. And also, as Curls pointed out, you know, there, there was a 101 chance running third, I think. So its figure's probably inflated just by, you know, being dragged along with them in, mm. in the fast pace um, of worry about that. Look, she didn't come up in the spring and I thought she was gone. And uh, yeah, excuses Saturday. Good win in a pretty strong race against their own sex first up. Uh, yeah, there's a race further, certainly in Phillies and Mare's great, I'd say. Okay, and what are we doing with trekking then? Because he's posted an 8.3, as you said, probably overinflated by the tempo of the race. And, yeah. you know, that's well down on what it did first up last prep. It's comparable to what it did first up the preparation before when running seventh at Randwick on a heavy eight. So, don't know. Yeah, very disappointing on face value. The race seemed to have just fallen into his lap and he... Yeah, to, to not even get past the seeker is mm. concerning. Sure. I, I guess in its defence, that split from the 400 to the 200, if you just go purely off face value, it's the strongest in the race and he just looks like he's popped in the last 200. So if it was purely a fitness point right. of view... Um, yeah, on my stuff, just looking at it here, he did... Well, hang on, he, he ran seconds... At Mooney Valley first, was it first? Yeah, it was yeah. first up last time, and he's come out and, and run fourth, beaten three lengths in the Everest. So, and then and then ran second in the Manicato. So mm. his second and third up runs were very good last time in. So it's reaching for an excuse here, but maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah but it's genuine. Some of these like, big 
beasts have to have like basically like a proper hard trial at the races. You know, like we saw a few of them on like Viridine had one on Saturday at Morpheville. Mm. Um, well, he did. There, there was the a, didn't he? So you, you could certainly make a case that that's a fitness thing that's playing out. Yeah. Horses do have trials at the races, unfortunately. Mm. You know, it's all part of doing the form. Especially as they get older, you've got to be mm. wary of that. Yeah, I mean, he did have a couple of trials leading into that run. That was that was my knock. Um, you know, he wasn't there off a, off a 6.50 jump out on the dirt. He did have a couple of trials. And um, there's some horses, like you say, like for Seeker and even Emerald Kingdom wasn't far off from there, like at the finish. And they'd all done some work. So I thought... Oh, he might have been a bit disappointing and sort of can't get past his Panino running third. Where, yeah. where were those trials? In, in Sydney? Um, yep. Yeah, in Sydney. Yeah. Was it beautiful to watch? Hear it commentated? <laughs> understand who was who? Ah, look, they always are. you got to sort of knock... you got to knock, like, a length off every Sydney trial just because of the hype that you get caught up in on social media. <laughs> but you can't add too many lengths to the ones in Melbourne because you're not 100% sure it's the right horse <laughs> exactly. and how far they went and who was riding it and, uh, yeah, and how Carsick am I feeling right now and uh, hopefully they kick these MBLs in but when they do all that increased wagering that will come from all that people actually betting early and in their name and then <laughs> trading that back and then the turnover more wagering, more tax fucking proper trials please Look, we get every, almost everything in Sydney. The one thing we don't get is uh, a shoe report. Like, do they still have them in Brisbane? They so the Brisbane, the Brisbane stewards, this is a true story because i done in some investigation here. They used to do the shoe reports, right? Yeah. But they dropped them. So I think they say there's 18 voting stewards on the panel. 17 to 1 voted in favour of not doing them anymore because they couldn't be fucked. <laughs> Too much work. Fantastic. Because <laughs> that was... All right, that, um, I used to do Brisbane form half a lifetime ago um, at IAS, and the shoe reports and the trials were just gold. I thought, it's brilliant, yeah. But they can't be fucked, right? <laughs> Is that what it said? Can't be fucked. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't read the minutes of the meeting, but that was translated. It's too much hard work. I mean, they've got to do the shoe report anyway, right? The stewards have to know. The yeah. trainers have to submit what shoes the horses were their plates or heavies. So the stewards still compile that data. But they just can't be bothered uploading it. So my <laughs> I take that back. Um, but like there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't scan that document and post it with the other info for the trial. Apart from being too lazy. All right, very good. Girls, do you have uh, one other horse yeah, to follow out of the meeting or something? Something that we can make some cash off? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, really like the return of Miss Hipster. Um, like a, she's a big, like big, strong filly. Looks like a 14, 1600 meter type. Like you'd think, geez, this horse would go all the way to the JJ Atkins. Um, but you know, she's showed gates. She's showed a lot of speed. She led and won on debut when she showed speed here again to put herself in the race. And, um, I think she might be doing things that she shouldn't be over this trip. And I think there's something about her. Um, I'm looking forward to sort of following up again, um, you know, over a little bit further. I think she's certainly one to follow for the two-year-olds. Certainly for the Queensland two-year-olds, she's she could well be something, else, you know, something that really explodes this time around. Okay, lovely. Uh, Mark Roden, we've got you on the show. Let's talk about the Hawkesbury Guineas because... 
This must have been a little bit of a grey up race uh, watching Exo Boom with Sammy Clipperton just stroll down the outside after uh, we backed it at Hawkesbury last start with J Mac on board. And as a, what was it? It was 230 or something into $1.60 or something. Yeah. Very, very short and couldn't get past Louvois, who. Uh, in, in its defence, Louvois did go to a new level that day, just pulled yeah. the pull run out on speed at 33 to 1 or something. But um, uh, we were saying a few minutes ago about horses trialling in public. I think that was very much a tune-up run. And I mean, and that's that's my mistake. Obviously, this $200,000 race is the target race. It's not going to be at its peak off, off the break in the $50,000 race. So that's the way it's transpired. But what I was, I was certainly prepared to be... Um, forgiving of that run and uh, wanted to suggest it could go back through its best, but I couldn't get it there with Clipperton and Barrier 10. I thought it mapped mm. awful. I mean, whatever happened first up, you just can't treat McDonald's or Clipperton as a plus, but uh, the market did. It was very it was solid on the totes, solid everywhere. It never got past seven or eight dollars, and you know, with an odds-on favourite in the race, so uh, too good there. Um, it, it, it looks basically just gone to his, what he can do, and that um, I think... We were all, and the market included, were half projecting Ellsberg forward off his first up run. Um, if he just took it at face value, he probably wasn't a dollar ninety shot or an even money shot. And he's actually come back off it. When he couldn't get control of the race, that was pretty much the end of him. So that's a little concern from going forward. He's two big figures with me have both been when leading and leading on his own. So yeah. if even sitting outside lead or 1-1 is going to mean he doesn't go to his best, that's a chink in his armour, I reckon. Yeah. When I look at the punting form data, Roden, the meeting looks pretty, pretty shit house. Is I, that how you'd assess it, or do you adjust it a little bit? I think it's about what it. And is it what, usual for it? It's it's this is about the standard of what you get at the Hawkesbury standalone. The one that's doing my head in, and I haven't worked out the answer, is the cup because the the horse from Melbourne or Adelaide, uh, surreal. What's it called? Um, surreal image. image. Uh, was leading by about six, and they, and they reckon it's gone ten lengths slow to the. Um, 600, which is which is possible, but it's also it's also possible to stall for him on spot. I think here because the overall time just does not match up with the 1400 and 1500 meter races. It was the only mile race on the day, and it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Uh, you know, to the eye, Arcademus and Royal Celebration put two three lengths on the rest of the field. They must mm. have gone to their best. I mean, they, they can't have, they, they can't have gone ten lengths off their best and run like that. It's just not possible. So I'd say there might have been an issue. They might have to get the meter wheel out, out there and uh, <laughs> redo the distance because I think it might have been a bit further than 16. Yeah. Big show already, actually. You, you do see that, though, don't you? Like, where you just get these bizarre data figures and you just have to think, well, you know, if everything's being done correctly, then there has to be some other issue, some other little variable yep. that uh, isn't being taken into account. So Are we whacking the stewards there? or who, who's, who's to blame for that if that was the case? I think the stewards have ultimate responsibility, but it'd be the club who... Mm. All right, so we're, we're two from two. New South Wales and Queensland have both copped a whack. Let's, let's see if we what can get we all do, four. Just on, just on that race, there's a horse there that used to go really good in Queensland, looks like Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, he's back he's gone down south. He's gone down south to Todd Austin. No, Austin. Jared Austin. Um, Jared, Jared, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's time for him to come home, I think, Mark. It's a good time of year. Like, like he's just not quite there, is he, in that sort of grade? Like... <laughs> He's run some. He's run some really good races in Sydney. Um, ran fifth in the Epsom. I backed him in the Shannon when in, uh, who beat him? Oh, the Rocksaw's beat. But, but, 
so he'd be winning hopes in in these Brisbane Winter Carnival races, wouldn't he? Mm. He would at his best. Um, yeah. I'd say he's he raced better in the spring in Sydney than he has in any of his starts in the autumn. So far. this is a horse that was like first start was half dead and just exploded, and we were all like, "Oh, where's this going next start?" Um, that was in the spring, yes, when Jason yeah, yeah. wrote it. It was a hundred to one that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wasn't they, suited for about four starts in a row. <laughs> yeah. And then through it and things like the Epsom, which well, it was just outclassed, um, yeah. and still went fifth. Went fifth in it. It was a great run, really. Um, yeah. It, I mean, poorly placed. Probably handicap rating is going to take a while to come down to get in at the right, right weight in the right race. Um, yeah, sure. might be. Luckily for um, luckily for the jocks down there, if they do put in a, a dodgy one, they just have an adjourned inquiry and just play on until the big races are over. That's true. <laughs> but on, on Elvis, he was. 470 is the official SP. Jesus, that is that was real. Short. I don't know where that came from because he, he sort of mapped to get back as well. That was, uh, oh, he yeah. might have he might have jumped well. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but this was on the uh, not the BSP, the BSP, the official. Uh, yeah, so it was well back before that. <laughs> Good show, guys, so far. Where to now, Peter? Settle down, everybody. And I'm I'm trying to keep everything under control because I've got a guy using the blower vac outside. What? It's, I guess it is quarter to ten. Normal people do have jobs. Yeah. Um, Are you making notes of when we've said stuff that we should probably think about cutting? I'm clicking a little button. It just <laughs> timestamps them for me. So uh, if there's a few little silent I'll moments, like you'll know why. I'm going to go until until he says something. It's definitely going to have to get cut. Well, he's going to. <laughs> he's not convinced that he's got cut yet, so he's just going to. He's warming into it. If I was going to watch a live performance of Peter Rabbit, I'd probably be doing the same thing. Um, okay, let's have a chat about Morphville because we sort of had a few stabs and a few cracks. And I mean, for, for anyone who back profits thumb along with myself, the fact that he settled in front of Craig Williams in the, the Sankster, left the fence, went searching for runs, ran up backsides constantly for the entire straight. Even on the line, he was still some, up someone's backside. And then Williams has sat on the fence and went straight through. Like, people calling it a masterful ride. No, he got into a pretty awful spot. Masterful it's just, ride? Yeah, it was just... It, it, was, it was like... It was some of the worst riding of all time there on Saturday. Um, and listening, like... Sometimes I, I leave it on, which is hard, because that race call is, I'd say, the, the most painful in the metros. Yeah, lost and a then, few lengths since leaving the Hong Kong. Listen to Queensland. Not often, because no. racing in this great country, has to, you have to change the channel, you know, so you might forget to do that. It's unbelievable. I do have, normally, have a, the, the little uh, transistor going, so I, I don't miss any races, but real quiet. But the positivity about some of this shit on Saturday that happened there, and then just neglect of, like, like painfully dumb tactical rides, um, it was hard to cop. I, I reckon we should start in Adelaide. Like, we, we made prices and we bet. Was that a mistake? What, betting in Adelaide? Yeah. I think every time I do form in Adelaide, it always looks good on paper, and then I watch it unfold, I think, why the fuck have I bet in Adelaide? I'm just <laughs> never doing it ever again. And it's like a once-a-year cycle. It just keeps going around. So I'm but clearly there's other insane. Ways to measure, there's other ways. I agree 100%. That's how I feel. But I, there's other ways to measure it. That, Like, we had a good bet at Mizzy at $7 or seven fifty, and it started four fifty. Yes, but Mark Roden already declared that on Thursday. He shot me down Thursday. <laughs> no, well, I think I think 
couldn't have nailed that any better. <laughs> lo- lots of what lots of what you said's right. Like this horse should have led, didn't? They've gone disgracefully slow for a group run, for like for a group one. Yeah. Disgracefully slow. It's for down in the coffin yeah. going too slow, and it lost momentum going too slow. But it's been beaten two hundred meters. It shouldn't have been yeah. there. The horse has had enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the market, and the market, geez, the market come for it big. Yeah. Well, that was Mac, I think. Well, you know. Predicted that. Right, for sure. But you know, this horse is over the top, and a trainer who trains more than zero winners a month will probably <laughs> pick that up. I reckon there was a bit of it. The market, like, like we, like, off what you said, and off a bit of research I did, he hadn't gone over to Adelaide ever. So, so it's had like a week and a half <laughs> in basically a new camp, you know, oh. freshening up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. That was a strange one. But like for it. The race to go that slow and the seas to part like as like they have for Willow, completely blessed. Oh, look! Seas- I tell you, I tell you what, one thing too out of that race. This is you might have picked this up before. Um, she hasn't. Brooklyn hustle. Jeez, it hit the line well. It put her. <laughs> Just wait till it leads one day. No, hang on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I ran the fastest last 200 of the race, but... <coughs> yeah, back to the next what again? Beyond me next start, beyond me forever and ever. I reckon the the, the, the horse that we, we called it last time, and it is... Ruby. ...flying, is Ruby Saki. Yeah. I, I guess it has one more start in Adelaide, probably then heads to you, Curls. Yeah. That's two big runs in a row. Yeah. yeah, what they should probably do is bring it up here and put M right on it and settle last and run the fastest last 100 of the last 600, 400, and 200. <laughs> now, there's, a, there's plenty of... there's a You know that uh, there's a Group 1 mares race like last, you know, end of the carnival? Yeah. Like the Tats TR yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. One of those breeders' yeah. group that, ones. Yeah. Is it 1,500? 13, was it? Is it 13, is it? Okay. Change it, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was... It used to be the Winter Stakes, and I think it was 1,500 then, but it's changed a bit. Well, there'd be a race for it anyway, that's for sure. I don't know what the make of the rest. What else? Did, did we not pot instant celebrity? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mate, I, I completely we'll bagged, I bagged it relentlessly. Um, I'm after $33. Do you know what it... Do you it know did those... Drift, it did drift to 10 bucks about... Do you know those little, do you know those um, elderly people that live in double-storey houses rarely affix a little seat on the handrail and they sit on it and it scoots up? That's what we like. <laughs> Zing! Uh, Attached to the fence. It's just the grossest I, I race, like isn't it? I thought two races in a row, though. Like, we were against Stainham, only slightly against Stainham. I thought, well, this thing's going to, like... It, Mainly because of its map, like it's just going to be back and buried, and then the, it, it absolutely like steamed, crunched, hemorrhaged late. It might have started three bucks this horse in the yeah. in the big race, and um, poor old like poor old Ripper Reader, eh? <laughs> J Mott sat three wide no cover for almost the entirety, and it's it's almost one. <laughs> So what does that say about this race? I don't, I don't, I don't know what else he could have done. I'm not, I'm saying poor, like, like 
unlucky. He was just like a car crash. He sort of, they, they've gone a good tempo, so if he dug yeah. up to get across in the lead, he's probably gone too quick. If he sneaks, he's killing it anyway. Like, but I remember like watching the finish and going, "Fuck, I think that's River Because early in the race, I was like, "Oh, it's cast, three wide, no cover." Big run, and the race is just another race. It's not a very good race, I don't think. Personal's a fucking good horse, isn't it? Well, just loves tempo, loves this distance. Like it's just, you know, it'll back up into the derby whenever, whenever that is, and go close. But flexible and, uh, was a bit difficult to watch, though. Oh, it's just it was just peak William Pike on Saturday. Shit house. The best of the best of Willie Pike is is elite and just the best ever. And so great to be on when he's going good. He was shit on Saturday, and it was coincided with us finding a few of them. Like if anyone back Lunacorn, it did never got out. Not once. It's still there. I don't know if flexible wins, Mark. What do you think? You probably had a little interest on it too. I did. Yeah, it was hard to watch. I'd... Yeah, I'm not sure if it would have won, but it. Um... I won't say I've got every either. Sorry, a bit down on here, but I think we're, no, we're, we're clear now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just looks so beautifully set up with the blinkers and the soft run, but that soft run, uh, that soft run thing might have been illusory because she does is a horse that needs to build momentum and likes to get rolling. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone had a settling like fucking behind Stainham. Uh, well, no, probably not. But that, that could have been, to be honest. I mean, despite putting the blinkers on, that could have been instructions because she's actually come from well back in her probably two best wins. And they maybe mm. think that's the way to ride her. I think that's the wrong idea. But, um, yeah, I'd say the traffic issue was probably the biggest. And there she was never talk seemed to really build momentum. There seemed to be talk after the last, which was actually cool, that um, the, the bloke who's dying wish was to go to the races and Willow... Who does it better than anyone in this sport? Like, made that a, a great thing that it that it was. But uh, I think the horse that Willow won on and gave him these goggles from, they were talking about backing up into a Group One. He can't win if they are. So this I is Lady Dunmore. They've run like it's it's punning form figures are disgraceful for a group race. That was the BM sixty four. That's a big call. I think that's what they were saying though post race. Yeah. I was trying to listen. It was a long day. Anything else from Adelaide, Peter? Mark? No, not particularly. Um, I can't wait to do Adelaide form once again. Um, I'm going to completely ignore jockeys, trainers, map and everything next time. <laughs> Get the chips fall where they may. Yeah. What about poor old Rainbow? Like, it was probably Dean Holland's best ever ride. Maybe ever, but particularly on this horse. And it just stopped. <laughs> Very stiff, Dean. It went really good, Rainbow, and was absolutely crunched late. Mm. Massive, massive betting go late. Well, the, the biggest, uh, not one of the biggest, one of the most interesting comments out of the meeting for me was from Chris Kelthorpe about Media Award. Because he's 100% right that Media Awards won a Group 1 for Chris Kelthorpe with Al Nolan. Anyone else in the world would be giving that horse to a big trainer. That was Chris Kelthorpe's words. Um, interesting one because he's right. Chris Calthorpe and Al Nolan you know, wouldn't be prolific um, winning well, anything, let alone a Group 1. Um, well, I think we can all remember like Luke Nolan's ride on Kernan at Bendigo in a five-horse race where he missed the boat. Like, yeah. 
Geez, I'm critical today. I don't know. I'm looking on the bright side of life today. Yeah, um, Peter Rabbit will want to be on his gun. <laughs> <laughs> The stress, the stress around just having a ten-year-old birthday. I had, um, I had six ten-year-olds playing laser tag yesterday afternoon when the Sunny Coast races were off, <laughs> and they were to back up today. Torturous. Um, anyway, good on him. I'm glad that they won a Group One together. Isn't it great to see another feature staying race won by the camp with narrative? Yep. So Chris Kelsthorpe joins Dennis Pagan as um, one of the no. Victoria's leading trainer of stayers. Do you reckon, do you reckon the models have a, trainer, a, a narrative he? column? A narrative column. <laughs> <laughs> Who will have the best story to win it? 100-1. At, at least in Chris's defence, the horses improved like you know, eight plus nine lengths to, to win a big race. Like... Dennis was just completely kissed on the dick. It, it, I don't even think they broke benchmark. <laughs> I wonder if Dennis would have been grayed up because I'd heard, I read a story on tweet that a few blokes from the Lavington Footy Club had missed the game sadly to go and watch their horse run. They got rolled in the footy, but their horse won. How would Dennis handle that being a coach slash trainer? trainer yeah, slash no, they did. All the boys, they just didn't play. They went to Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. good. I reckon if it was, um, if it was um, Dennis Pagan training media award, he would have made him stay and play footy. <laughs> he would have the boxing gloves out first thing Monday, though, wouldn't he? Kanga oh, court. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, what he, imagine those horses, if they didn't race well, Sadie, geez, they'd be doing some 100-metre some sprints on Monday. <laughs> wow. Don't bring up. your boots, just bring your fucking runners. Oh, waffling here, sorry. Ah, the 90s. Okay, that's uh, been a good deep dive. We've gonna, done a bit of everything. Um, we won't talk about Sandown because oh. we've got the ball, Dickens. We've got the ball. It's starting tomorrow. You've already done the form and the prices for Tuesday. Um, we'll have yep. Mounting Yard Mail courtesy of Jackson Oldham. Oh, shit, Jackson. I hope it pisses rain every day. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the forecast. <laughs> We're like a family here at the mailbag, and by that I mean we rip shit into each other more than most families. So, um, I did not go to the bull. Yeah, no, price is done Tuesday. The the system of Jackson looking at him in the yard and me sitting at home doing the maps and the patterns and adjusting him is working extremely well. Well, the Bendigo meetings that he's done, because that's too far for me as well, have been enormous. Um, I'll price the entire Wednesday meeting today, just in case you know there's an emergency here at home. But um, definitely we'll have two two days properly priced. Only going to be betting in the flat races. Uh, we'll just be guessing and throwing darts in in the jumps. Um, so that we kick off the betting in race five tomorrow. But you'll he'll he'll like look at them and tell you what they look like for the jumps races. Um, so that's races one to four there yep. tomorrow and hurdles whatever they're called. Um, but yeah, the, the betting kicks off for us race five tomorrow. Um, yeah, we, we we gave a bit back on Saturday, unfortunately. Cord, Cordilla would have made it a winning day. I don't know how they didn't win. Um, your mate, Peter, Carlene. Carlene Flying fulcrum. Just just swinging off it, getting it done. And um, But we got one back yesterday, so we've got a bit of momentum again. Looking forward to the ball from home. 
Yep, exactly. And meanwhile, Mark Roden, you've got Hawkesbury Tuesday, so you'll be joining with a bit of the action. You've got Canterbury Wednesday, Kembley Grange Thursday, and then Gosford is the Metro meeting, so to speak, on Saturday. You've got the <laughs> what, the, the Gosford Gold Cup, the takeover target seriously? stakes. Seriously, Gosford on Saturday? Yeah. 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 Rob Scurry will be there. Year, but because of COVID, it was run at uh, Rose Hill. That's right, it was too. Um, it was, yeah, so it was d- delayed by a year. I've got Walker Cup on Friday too. I'll have a look at the big races there. Thursday, Friday. Went through the whole car, but I'll see if there's anything in the, the bigger races. Um, yeah, Gosford. They raced at Gosford last on Anzac Day, and the, uh, the rail was out four, and it was the hottest rail I have ever seen on any track anywhere. I just hope um, I, it'll be back in the true. Haven't, haven't looked at the weather forecast, but I hope that's not the case again because it, it's going to make it hard to bet early anyway when you're coming up over track that biased. Yeah. Um, it doesn't put you with confidence for next time, put it that way. What about um is is Wednesday the day I remember when we you know did the initial betting streams curls, it was one of these days when we were trying to find horses that would get onto the grass. Yeah, that was um was it Bundaberg uh, Bundaberg. Yeah. Is that on Wednesday? <laughs> no, it's Eagle Farm thankfully. Or a similar type track, but um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and no, look off. Um, we want to talk about what I'm doing or not? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> okay. So I had a, I had a choice to make. I go to the bull and completely blaze me face off and get blind drunk for five days, or I stay home betting. And I just thought I'm on like I've just I'm going as good as I've ever gone. April was massive. I've got heaps of momentum. I've got some good meetings to be betting into. So I decided to stay home and bet rather than go and drink for five days. So I've got Eagle Farm Wednesday. Very mature. Uh, Gatton on Friday, and then um, we have the Hollandale Stakes Day at the Gold Coast on Saturday, where W. Pike's going to come up and murder a few. Um... <laughs> just you wait, Curls, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we've got Ipswich and Toowoomba as well on Saturday. So we've got four, I've got four, you know, meetings that I'm looking forward to betting into this week. So that's, uh, that'll be me. All right, you're flying. You can still get the 10-week pack for 200 bucks if you want 20 bucks a week. It's still going. will be going for another two weeks or so. Uh, Rob Scurry will be on course for Gosford, which is exciting. And then the week after, he's in Adelaide. So it's, uh, it's all exciting at the moment. It's all happening. Big week ahead. Maybe we should fly to Adelaide for this Saturday. Is it a big one again? I'm not going to Adelaide. <laughs> City of Churches. Oh, great. <laughs> I'll be sure to like you know no I can't say that anyway <laughs> alright that's the deep dive